This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Diane Rogers, President and CEO of the Ranch Cordova Area Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers has provided value for her. As a medium-sized chamber, we recognize that it's absolutely critical to have a well-qualified and well-trained membership development person. Holman Brothers trained that person, recruited that person, and they even trained me on how to manage that person. We're grateful for the support we got. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Susan Williams. Susan has served as the president and CEO of the Venago Area Chamber of Commerce in Pennsylvania since 2007, following 21 years in a banking support position. Her volunteer work led her to seek a job where she could impact the community through leadership, business, and relationship building. She shares that her leadership journey continues, especially as she strives to engage others in many of the programs the Venago Chamber has in recent years. Much of that focus has been on education, young professional development, and business advocacy. Susan, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions listening and to share something interesting about yourself so we can get to know you a little better. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Anyone that knows me knows that I love being with my chamber people. I have really relied on a strong network to get me uh, to to the position I'm in where I'm very happy in a growing chamber. And so it's it's really a, a pleasure to be here. So I think one of the interesting things about me is that I've been fortunate enough to have really wonderful you know areas to work in my 22 years in banking were a pleasure and I often was told you'll you'll never find a job that you're as happy in that affords you uh, as much opportunity to do what you love and I don't know that I thought that but I I definitely got there <laughs> right. I, I knew the moment I arrived in a seat at the chamber that that it was where I belonged and um, that was 18 years ago so yeah. and that experience with both the bank and the chamber has led me to be able to do really fun things in the rest of my life. So very good. Now I'm glad you found the right fit. You found that chair that's nice and comfortable and uh, that, that position that, that fits your personality and your, uh, your character traits well. So, yeah. um, well, tell us a little bit about the Venego chamber cha- area chamber, just to give us an idea of, you know, size, scope of work, staff, as we'll be discussing today budget, things like that, just to kind of give us a perspective. Well, like many small rural chambers, we were a city chamber. We were formed in 1912, so we are well over 100 years old. But we went through a merger in 2008 to become a regional chamber. We had leadership that believed that as they looked across our membership, we served a greater area. So that gave us a really great opportunity to grow. and we have done that since 2000 and 2005 was when that merger was completed with a small or business organization. So um, we are about 450 members, but we are growing and growing as much in in attracting the right members as growing in numbers. 
Um, our budget is around $250,000 a year. And our staff size is at full tilt six. Um, we, in fact, last summer we had seven, but we take every opportunity we can to engage summer interns. So that often gives us a chance to add some capacity during some of our busier times. Very good. No, that that helps for sure. And um, I'm excited to, to get into our topic for today. As I mentioned before, we'll be talking about staffing. And as we look across the chamber spectrum, you know, there's chambers of all sizes, whether they're a volunteer only organization, or maybe they have a, you know, part-time leadership, or maybe one staff or two or three versus, you know, some that have, you know, 30 or 50 staff, you know, some of these huge chambers. But I think having a focused discussion on staffing is helpful for any level chamber just to kind of get some of those ideas around, you know, what to look for, what develops a good team, what develops a a good, I'll say culture even amongst your, your office and your staff. So we'll dive into that discussion around staffing as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Susan, we are back. As I, I mentioned before the break, uh, we're, we're talking about staffing today. So I'd love for you to maybe just tell a little bit about your story there at the chamber, start where you want to start as far as, um, you know, what, what stands out to you with, you know, those important things when you look at staffing your chamber. Right. When I think uh, of my approach to staffing, it's important to start at the beginning when I uh, was hired by a gentleman who was a mentor. He was my eighth grade geometry teacher. And uh, years later, we'd gotten involved as community volunteers. So when I had a break in my 
employment from my banking career and talked to him about where I might land, he suggested that the chamber might be the place, but there wasn't an open position. Well, as luck would have it, about a year later, there was an opening at the chamber and I approached him and said, is, is this something that where I might be a fit for an administrative assistant? And a very quick conversation led us to believe that it might not be right at that time. But that evening, I got a call from his staff. These were young women who were part-time employees. And they said, we saw you come in. We'd like to interview you for the position here at the chamber. And that was my first introduction to really involving the people right right on the ground, the staff, in that process of interviewing. Uh, Of course, Iran had welcomed them in doing so. And while I said, well, I'm not sure if you... If if I was a great fit, they said, we definitely want you to come in. And again, once I got in there, I knew I was at the right place. So um, the full-time staff was just me and the executive director at the time. Okay. But I had the opportunity to work with these young women who uh, I watched him develop and take their best skills and use them uh, to accomplish things in the community and for the chamber and really show me in the next two years how to do that. Um, He had a heart for young people. So uh, while a lot of times I see people in all industries look for staff that can kind of prove what they can do, he taught me how to look for people's strengths and build on those. So that that was my first step into um, really hiring myself and uh, developing a staff that would serve our community and our chamber. Yeah, I love I love that that origin story. I, I like hearing how people find their way into the chamber industry. And one of those things that you said kind of stood out to me is how he taught you how to look for those strengths, those things that you need at your organization, and hire for those strengths. Um, I, I know a lot of times as you're you're looking to fill a position at your organization, you you probably get people applying that aren't really sure what the chamber does, you know, it, it's, that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't know what the chamber did. Yeah. There you I, go. In, in my, um, in a position I served briefly before coming to the chamber, I watched that organization join the chamber, went to a chamber mixer. So I got a little tiny taste of what that was like, but there's so much to learn. And I think um, as we're hiring staff at the chamber, we need to be ready to really, you know, take the opportunity to teach people, even that have lived in the community for a long, long time, about how to approach the community in a different way. Um, we have an employee now that's just been here over a month, and she's she's very well connected in the community, but she's astonished at what she didn't know. Which yeah. is one of our favorite things to teach people is is to introduce them to people they don't know and teach them about things in the community that they might not be familiar with. Yeah, no, I love that. So as you look to to hire for strengths, those needs, I'll say, at your organization, um, how do you go go about the onboarding of helping? Maybe it's in the interview process. Maybe it's once they're hired that you really give them a deep dive on here's the type of work that we're involved with here at the chamber. Well, um, maybe starting with the fact that we we really have taken a very different approach. Now, first of all, I really love the internship model. So we've been fortunate enough to be able to have at least one intern every summer since I've been here at the chamber. And several of those interns have gone on to come to work for us after graduation. None of them expected that to happen. <laughs> when they interned their first year or two, uh, it was just a summer job. 
Um, but in allowing them to grow and learn the community and really give them an opportunity to shine, um, most of our interns are excited about an opportunity to come work here. If, if you know, it, if it presents um, itself, reveals itself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, that has been a strategy that we've really liked. But also, um, you know, I've had a couple times in my 18 years where a position opened up. And so we actually had to invite um, resumes and applications and had to go through the traditional process. But we learned as we watched the rest of the community and got to meet people who were looking for changes, that a better strategy was to watch for the right people and then see if you can create a position. And that's where we've really had some success. And the first time I, I couldn't imagine how that could happen because we all go right to our budgets. Say, well, if we, if we could hire more people, we, we would, we just don't have the money. But I have found that when I find the right people, I can find the money. Finding the right people has given me the opportunity to go and talk to stakeholders, including my board of directors, and tell them what we could do if we had the right people. So in, in my, my first and most successful case of that, um, we had um, an opportunity to, to get some grant money to, to get something to happen. Uh, it's And I can give you a little bit more information for the listeners that want to dig in. It's a program I'm really proud of called BeHereVenango.org. Um, but when we saw that we had the right person, then we could go to the, the grantor and say, we know you have something you want done in the community. We didn't know we could do it before. Now we can. We have the right person and we can make this happen. Will you give us a chance? And since then, we've gone on to do that with at least a couple of other areas that our chamber serves in. I love that idea of looking for the right people and then creating the position. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, somebody who's a, the president and CEO now at, at their chamber that when they came into chamber work, that there wasn't a position at the time, but a position was created for them because the strengths and the skills were recognized and the, the love for the community or connections or whatever it may be, they were the right person. So the position was created and then, you know, a career is developed. Um I was going to ask you, when do you, how do you judge when it's time to to bring on, you know, a new staff member? Um, what are those things that you consider? And you kind of answered it with that last question, looking for the right people and creating the position. But I know sometimes it happens from the, the other side as well. So yeah, there are any number of different things that can happen with the be here position. Um, that program manager was hired around the opportunity for money. Now I, I do not normally um, let money drive my decisions. So uh, it was it was something that I had known for a long time that a good partner in the community wanted to get done. It just happened to have money with it. Um, so I, I don't generally look for money first, but if I can know who's out there in the community, then as those opportunities for programs we want to develop or openings come, that that's when we say, oh, who do we have our eyes on? And that's happened very successfully with our last two openings. So um, the, the last catalyst for growing our staff was the pandemic. Yeah. So during the, the COVID pandemic, we had um, managed to stay afloat and actually thrive. So I did do a layoff of my full-time employees, but 
only a small layoff. And during that time, we strategized very carefully in a few hours a week how we could continue to serve our members. That worked so well that as we came back, we realized we couldn't continue that pace full time without more help. And of course, we we also had some changes in how people wanted to work. We still all come to the office, but there's more need for flexibility. Right. For, we had growing families and things like that. So as we looked to start to make sure that the employees we had had everything they needed, which is a, should be another part of our conversation, we also knew that we needed to add more staff. And my staff quickly told me who I needed to hire. They knew who had stepped into our path, who was showing up at everything we, we would do, who really understood our mission. And I said, she's not going to work for us. <laughs> you know, she's doing a great job. We think you should check. And so an afternoon walk within the next couple of days revealed that we had someone that wanted to come to work for us, was a perfect fit. And then it was just a matter of you know working with my board and reexamining my budget and and um, seeing that we had room for for our you know our last person. So that leads into the next question that I was going to ask is, as you find the right person, typically they're the right person because they have a great skill set or connections or whatever it may be. But typically that means that they already have a job. So how do you go about attracting them, convincing them that the chamber is really the place they need to be? And if you're doing that and, and taking them from a member business, how do you work that that uh, exchange, that, uh, mm-hmm. that transition? Well, it's really hard in a small community not to take someone from a member business. Right. Uh, that is, <laughs> that's the advantage of the intern hiring. <laughs> You're hiring your own employee. But, um, I, you know, our our best way to bring someone from somewhere else when we are, I think most of it admittedly not paying as well as we'd like to, is to make sure that you have a culture that's attractive. So that's always been our draw. Um, I believe in lifelong learning for myself and for my staff. So it's been really important for us to communicate to everyone in our membership that we want an opportunity to grow our staff, to grow them here, um, to help them take those strengths that they they want to do more of, um, take the things they don't like to do and do less of when possible. And all the while preparing them for the job they want to have at the chamber or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So we have had a couple move on uh, from us over the years, but um, they're often the ones crying as they tell me that they're going to something that they know they need to do. And I'm smiling because I know that was the plan all along that we want to develop good people to do what they, what they want to do, what they need to do, what's best for them. And when possible, we tell them, Hey, we'll bring you back. If if it doesn't work out, you know, we would do everything we can to welcome anyone back. Yeah. Now you're leading this discussion right where I want to go. That was my next thing. So we often will will bring on staff, they get developed, they're a great part of the team. And then usually it's one of your chamber members that see what a great asset this, uh, this staff member is. And whether it's a skill set in sales or community you know, development, whatever it may be, but they, mm-hmm. they reach out and attract them and bring them onto their business. And, and you're right, you know, internally, you're excited for this, for your staff member, who's going to move on, develop new skill sets and continue on in their career. But I can, I also see a lot of chambers mm-hmm. where the turnover is, it seems to be constant, you know, every year they've got new staff, a new team. So it's constantly training and getting new people up to speed. And, um, 
I guess I'm not really sure what the question is here that I'm trying to ask. Well, but... <laughs> I, I see that as well. So I, I think you have to examine why are you having that turnover? So if you're having the turnover really frequently, are, are you really developing people that well that they're moving on to a better position? Or perhaps is there something you're missing about what they're looking for? Because I don't think I've had anyone move on for the money. Right. You know, so people don't tend to leave jobs to make more money. Occasionally they do, but, but you, and, and I always invite them to have that conversation, you know, so we can examine that, but it's usually something that just has them not quite satisfied in the job. So um, we, we work very carefully to be having those conversations all the time to make sure that our culture is good, to make sure that they have what they need. So most of our employees have stayed quite, quite a while. So we don't have much turnover. Um, so I, I would really want to examine that if I've got people leaving frequently to make sure um, that there isn't something that you need adjusted. Yeah, no, that's a that's good to take that that check inside and just you know look at the culture, see what are the the real reasons versus the stated reasons mm-hmm. why people are leaving, and see if you can't do something to to help keep them there a little longer or. Maybe you are just fantastic at at building and developing, you know, talents, and they they are able to move on and continue growing, and and maybe they've outgrown their position at the chamber. So, um, and and even at that, I would say there's there may be opportunities as somebody is developing those skills and outgrowing their current position. What can you do to keep them at your organization and develop new responsibilities or new positions or? titles or whatever it may be to, to yeah. help them continue to progress within their career. Um, have you had any, any experience with that, with, you know, as you see somebody developing to a certain point of being able to create those opportunities within your chamber? Understanding that they might leave. Yeah. Um, well, when I think about it, but because most of ours have left because there's something quite different they're, they're going to do, they're looking for a different experience. Yeah. Um, so it's it's probably been more of that for us. Our our last um, employee that left, uh, we're really excited about. She'd started her own business, so she had done that while at the chamber. Uh, we were really excited to watch her grow there, and it became evident that that's where her attention needed to be. She yeah. needed to be fully immersed in her own business. So she's a chamber member, so it's great. Yeah. We see her all the time. She's close yeah. by. Um, so I, I think if your turnover is a lot, you would want to be looking at making those changes. For us, we we consider it. We have an exit interview. We talk to our staff about what, what they liked and what they didn't like, what they're excited about that they're going to. Uh, but I think you have to get comfortable with the fact that that some of that change comes. I mean, after 18 years, I'm starting to have the conversation in my community about what things look like at some point when I go ahead and move on. And people get really anxious about that. Yeah. Uh, but but the reality is part of that moving on allows room for someone else too to develop. There's There will always be things things to do. There's That's room true. for all of us. <laughs> but well, it, in certain it, positions, you do, you do need to make room for others too. Well, and if you can have that discussion far enough ahead of time and you can help develop a successor and be able to have a smooth transition, there's so much value to that for the organization, for the members. 
for you, you know, as yeah. a, at the exiting CEO to be able to have that peace of mind that you're leaving it in good hands. And speaking um, of, of that, um, you know, there is the idea of the successor within those positions being opened up. So um, we're believers on great onboarding too. So that's a really important part of bringing people on and getting them as part of your team and keeping them. We've, we have some members, even in manufacturing, that are just doing phenomenal things on onboarding. Um, and so we've taken some note from them, but we've developed some things for ourselves over time. So we see that as a, as a long process. So we, we work together as a team. Everybody takes pieces of it. Um, and we onboard, you know, over a week, over a month, over a year. Um, so there, you know, we definitely have a cycle, like most chambers, we have a cycle of activities that happen. Um, so you live through your first festival, your first annual dinner, all of those things. And then you have, you know, you have the things that change one from year to year, right? like, like a pandemic. Um, (laughs) but I think the onboarding is really, really important and, and something that, you should be thinking about if you've got employees that aren't quite settled in or are are leaving you sooner than you thought, you might not be bringing them on as strong as you could. Right. So maybe we, let's circle back for a minute on the your internship program. So are you working with the school district? Are you work? How are you attracting your the intern? Well, you said typically one per year. Typically one. To... We have had a few years where there was some nice funding to to help us. We we have always in all of my 18 years here, we've been able to find a funding partner. So whether that's um, our state program at a percentage or some of our career services, because they believe in that have um, most recently been almost fully funding that um, a reimbursement of our intern. So we, we're always out there making sure that we have, we have that. And in some cases, again, we've been able to have more than one for the summer term. Um, We have always been able to identify a network from, or we have always been able to identify an intern from our network. So because we have a long history of having interns, more often than not, they come to us and ask for an internship. And it's often, um, you know, the, the, child of one of our members, or uh, if we've, if we've needed to go looking, we go to our schools, we have a great relationship with our schools, we have some contacts, we trust a lot. And we always give them a little bit of an idea of the strengths we're looking for. So we're usually looking for someone that's either in business, communications, hospitality, the kind of things that align with with what we do. Yeah. Um, but we're also looking for a, a great personality that is a problem solver, that's not afraid to pick up the phone and ask for something. So um, having a really good vision of what the intern looks like and what kind of experience they'll have is a, is a great start. Um, And typically our interns aren't really, really concerned about what they'll be paid. We've been able to do, you know, a fair wage, you know, above minimum wage, but that's usually not their question. They're usually looking for an experience we have not had interns that use their internship for their credits. So I know in you know some schools give them that opportunity. We always ask right. them if it's something they need, if it's something that we can help them with. But they've all come here for the just the experience of working in a community organization with a good reputation. And we tell them, you know, the benefit is they'll leave with more contacts than they could imagine. Right. So it sounds like you actively look for an intern. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they they show up and the right person is there, but 
Have you seen a, a change at all over the last 18 years? You talked about having somebody willing to pick up the phone and be social, be personable. Um, has there been a change with these, you know, young people getting ready to enter the workforce? Mm. Has there been a shift and how do you focus on training them or are you just looking for the right person that already has that skill set? Yeah, well, there's a change year to year because just because of different personalities. We've had some very outgoing interns and some very quiet ones. In our case, they've all been young women. We would welcome a man in our office. They just haven't come and ask for the opportunity. We have, have, of course, lots of volunteers and we have a very, very active young professional group. So a lot of young men that we interact with there. But the personalities of the young women are, are different, but our expectations are the same. So again, that kind of onboarding and orientation helps them understand what the expectations are. So even our more introverted interns, the ones that maybe find it a little more uncomfortable to pick up the phone or do some of those things, we prepare them, we model the behavior, um, we help them with some tactics that make it more comfortable, you know, start with a win. We know who they can call that will say yes. And we, yeah. You know, start there. Don't throw them right into the, you know, into the lion's pit and, yeah. and good luck. You know, we really try to set them up to be successful very quickly. Like we do all employees so that they're, you know, they're, they're ready when the tough days come, we can, we can manage through those. Right. And there always are. <laughs> Oh, I like that. I like setting them up with the win, help build that confidence early on, because really a summer goes by quickly. So you got to kind of front load those wins, get get that confidence and then put them to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and we have had the good fortune many times to have interns that we've identified in advance enough that we can bring them into the office over the holiday season for even a week or two. And that gives us a chance to familiarize them with just our the layout of the office, some of our systems are, you know, how to use the copier, how to use the phones. So our summer intern is here now. She just arrived in the last couple of days and she'll work with us over the holidays to take us into the end of the year and, and get us kicked off. You know, we can, as, as one of the things we'll have her do um, early in the year is, is just update those kind of documents that we use year to year and they just need new dates and things like that. Yeah. But we try to give them things to do that are also really interesting and fun and challenging Yeah, and invite uh, them to, to give us input every day on what we're doing. I like that. And that's a great tip to bring them in during, you know, that holiday, that winter break that they have from school and help get them familiar with the, with the office and, some of the procedures and just kind of the layout. So when the summer comes, you're kind of, you know, speeding up that process a little and, bit. And so. the cost is nominal, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it, you know, you can bring them in for a few hours a day or a few days a week. So it's, yeah. a, it's a really nice, nice time to bring them in. Uh, I should say too, that one of the great advantages of our interns over the year is years is they have also been a really good connection to our young professionals. So we have a very active young professionals group who, who also have been a, a feeder to some of our, our employees here. Yeah. Um, some of them were active with our young professionals, some weren't, but they knew of the active young professionals. So it gave them an opportunity to know and understand what the culture of the organization was like. But our interns are often that connection because I was um, 18 years ago, but gradually I realized that uh, while I love going to their things and grabbing their energy, it's sometimes better to have one of our younger staff members actually doing the routine correspondence. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So that's a good point. 
Um, as we start to, to wrap up, I wanted to ask you if you might have any tip or action item for listeners who are looking to take their chamber up to the next level. What would you suggest for them? Well, if you're looking particularly to grow your staff or, or maybe if not grow in numbers, strengthen your staff, I think it's all about having good conversations and, and continuing to learn. Um, the culture of work has certainly changed in the 40 years that I've been working, uh, but people don't change that much. We all want the same things. We all really value being safe and, and having time with our families and feeling like we're part of the community. Just how those things change, how, how those things change is, is different over the years. So make time in every day to talk with the staff that you have to talk with your board and talk to your the community about the kind of place you want to work and the kind of place you want others to work with you. And I, I think if you start there, um, you're, you're bound to find people that have things in common with you and you can set common goals and take your chamber where, wherever it's meant to go. Um, yeah. But you should do that as a team. So build your team with, you know, starting with a really great conversation. I like that. Thank you. So, I like asking this question to everyone that I have on the show, and you probably know it's coming, but uh, as we look to the future, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Well, I think the opportunities are great. Um, there are there are so many different people doing so many different things in the community that we, we sometimes think we're saturated, but I think as Chambers, we know we're not, that the Chambers play an important role in connecting all of those other things. So in your community, who can you connect with one another? That need is never going to go away. So make yourself um, valuable as the best connector there is in the community. And I, I don't think uh, there's any chance that communities will think be a thing of the past. I think we can be really excited about the future of chambers. Yeah, I like that. And I'd, I'd like to uh, you know think of the constant you know evolution of what community means too. So how are you making those connections in an ever-changing definition of community? Oh, it does. You know, certainly, again, having been a small city chamber and now a regional chamber, we've seen that. But over the last couple of years, you know, I, I see myself in Zoom Zooms and calls with people from all over the world. And we have so much in common and we, we care about the same things. So I think your opportunity to grow your chamber in thought leadership is just, um, um, it's limitless. Absolutely. So Susan, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you and learn more about how you work with your interns or staffing in general. What would be the best way for, for someone to reach out and connect with you? Well, anyone's welcome to call me here at the office at 814-676-8521 to email me at swilliams at venangochamber.org. I'm going to spell venango, V-E-N-A-N-G-O. And we have a great website that complements our website. It is beherevenango.org, B-E-H-E-R-E-V-E-N-A-N-G-O.org. And I think everyone would enjoy taking a look at that and seeing how we're inviting people to really enjoy their experience here in our community. I love that. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm tempted to go down the rabbit hole of tell us more about what Be Here Venango is. 
but let's just let people go check it out themselves and see, see what it's all about. Yeah. Might be a good reason for another episode someday. Yeah, that's right. And we'll, we'll have your, your contact information in the show notes for this episode as well. So people can go on there and and hit those links or shoot you an email and give you a call. But um, Susan, I really appreciate you being with us today on chamber chat podcast for sharing your experience and, and, uh, specifically around staffing. And I think you shared some, some neat insights. And for some of those chambers that maybe are feeling a little bit alone because they're a staff of one or maybe staff of two, this might give them some encouragement to be able to reach out, explore some new opportunities and find the right person and then create the position. So I love that takeaway. So thank you for that. Thank you. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. From athletes to business leaders, successful people from every walk of life have a coach. They realize that the next level is a continuous learning journey, and they continually seek fresh ideas and advice. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the professional coaching and guidance your membership rep needs to navigate challenges and consistently drive more revenue for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching.